Solitary trees, if they grow at all, grow strong. And a boy, deprived of a father's care, often develops, if he escape the perils of youth, an independence and a vigour of thought which may restore in after life the heavy loss of early days. Winston to his mother, 1899. Until the end, he worshipped at the altar of his unknown father. Violet Bonham Carter, 1965. The final call came early on Saturday the 24th of January, 1895. Grosvenor Square was still in darkness with snow on the ground. Winston Churchill had been sleeping in a house nearby. He ran across the square to number 50, his grandmother's London home, and reached his father's bedside just in time. His end was quite painless, Winston wrote in My Early Life, 1930. All my dreams of comradeship with him, of entering Parliament at his side and in his support, were ended. There remained for me only to pursue his aims and vindicate his memory. Lord Randolph Churchill, younger son of the Duke of Marlborough, apostle of Tory democracy, and a meteor of British politics in the early 1880s, had been consigned to outer darkness since his ill-judged resignation at Christmas 1886 from the Marquess of Salisbury's government. This was the climax of a power struggle that had been brewing for months, and for Randolph, only 37, there was no way back. Over the following decade, the erratic impetuosity evident since his youth morphed into violent mood swings. Physicians diagnosed a form of paralytic dementia. By late 1894, his condition had deteriorated markedly. Has been violent and apathetic by turns, noted his doctor on the 4th of November. Gait staggering and uncertain. On the 16th, voice weak takes little interest in things, face losing its expression. By the new year, Lord Randolph's illness was clearly terminal. After two bouts of acute mania, he sank into a coma, and on the 24th of January 1895, his doctor recorded, Lord Randolph died very quietly this morning at 615 His lungs began to fill up very quickly yesterday, and this, evidently, was the immediate cause of death. Lord Randolph's life ended a few weeks before his 46th birthday. Winston, his elder son, had been spared much of the physical horror of his father's slow degeneration, but the emotional impact of his passing was immense. It was widely rumoured that Randolph had died from the effects of syphilis, contracted in his youth. Although some recent commentators have suggested that a brain tumour also fits the symptoms, Winston had to live with the syphilis stigma for the rest of his life. Worse still, Lord Randolph had never allowed him to come close. Instead, periodically penning caustic letters about young Winston's laziness and extravagance. The most scorching missive was written in August 1893, after his son finally scraped into Sandhurst. Lord Randolph berated the slovenly, happy-go-lucky, harum-scarum style of work, 
for which you have always been distinguished at your different schools. He warned against any further self-pleading, because I no longer attach the slightest weight to anything you may say about your own acquirements and exploits. He told Winston bluntly that if he carried on this idle, useless, and unprofitable life, he would become a mere social wastrel, one of the hundreds of the public school failures, and would degenerate into a shabby, unhappy, and futile existence. The letter was signed, Your Affectionate Father, Randolph S.C. In 1930, 37 years later, his son could still quote parts of that letter from memory.